Welcome to the Dollars and Cents Radio Show with your host, accountant and author Carol Topp, the homeschool CPA. Carol takes confusing topics such as money and business and puts them into clear English. She's ready to share her knowledge with you on today's show. So what I'm going to talk to you tonight, I'm going to start out with um, the first The first part of this talk will be uh, your attitudes and mindset as you approach leadership. Just some reminders that leaders need to be uh, reminded of. <laughs> um, because we have a tendency f- to forget. So these are things you've got to tell yourself, tell each other, so that you don't burn out, so that your groups continue to be successful and healthy. And then the second thing I want to talk about are what are called your fiduciary duties. So um, I, and I am talking about you guys as leaders of nonprofits. Is anybody a leader of a for, for-profit business? Okay. Um, when I first started helping homeschool groups, I just assumed they were all nonprofits. And probably about f- five to ten years ago, f- a little more than five, five to seven years ago, I think, I started hearing more and more about homeschool <coughs> leaders who were running businesses. And, and particularly classical conversations, those communities, those directors are all business owners. So they have a, a, quite a bit of a different mindset than you guys as nonprofit leaders. As nonprofit leaders, you guys have these, this du- these duties, um, fiduciary duties. Fiduciary means someone has entrusted you with something, usually their money, sometimes their children. Okay? And you have a duty to carry out your mission your purpose, in this case, supporting home education. So we're going to talk about what duties you have as these leaders, and then I'm going to flesh out what they look like in actual practice. Because it's one thing to say you have this duty, okay, but then what, what does it look like to actually do that duty? That's kind of how I'm structuring this talk. And you've got the handout. You can see what kind of topics we're going to cover, and if there's anything you really want to camp out and ask, we could, we could try to take a few questions here if you need me to really clarify something, but, but longer detailed questions I think we'll save for the, for the town hall after the break. Okay? All right. So an attitude or mindset. Three reminders for homeschool leaders. I say this all the time to homeschool leaders, these three things. First of all, you cannot be all things to all people, so stop trying. And I bet there are parents in your group that say to you things like, will you do... Why don't we have any? Could you please add? And you're overwhelmed already because you're homeschooling your own kids and now you're leading a group and you've got people wanting more from you. They want your group to be all things to them, right? And does anybody have problems with saying, no, I only do this? Do you say it? I bet you guys probably do because I've said yeah, but you know, you, you, it's okay to say, it's okay to say no. Um, I, I was talking to this one homeschool group once, and they were making a four-year plan for high school. They, they, were, like, they were a co-op, but they had, had a grand plan. So, and in particular, they were saying, so on year one, we will have uh, biology for science. In year two, we will have chemistry. In year three, we will have physics. In year four, they had it all mapped out beautiful plan, right? But in the back of my mind, I'm, I'm going, there's a problem with this. And I said to them, what if year three comes along in your grand plan and you can't find a physics teacher? 
They were trying to be all things, everything that family would need. I said, I don't think you can do that, so stop trying. Because you know, as well as I do, that homeschool parents will suck the life out of you. <laughs> Is it true? Again, some head- they will, because they need help. But don't let them do it. You will burn out. So that, that story of the... Uh, four-year high school science plan is kind of related to my second question I had to tell that group. If you can't find a physics teacher for that third year of your cycle, remind yourself you are not responsible for homeschooling other people's children. Who's responsible for finding a physics teacher or a physics class or physics book for that child? Who? Mom and dad. Why do we forget that? Why do we forget that? And especially the homeschool programs that are more like co-ops or more popular even, this mindset is more pervasive among the, the hybrid programs or whatever, tutorials, whatever they get called, where they think they have to provide every subject in physics in this year. Um, the other problem with that plan they had is what if a new family comes and the kid already had physics and he wants chemistry this year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like not everybody's going to be lockstep to your plan. And you're not responsible for homeschooling other people's children. So don't take it on. Okay. And then I want to remind you of this fact, which I think kind of escapes some people, but lovely as your organizations are, they are not essential to the success of homeschooling. Homeschoolers have been homeschooling before your group existed. They will homeschool after your group (laughs) if it has to cease to exist. We don't ever like to hear that, but you were joking with me earlier, Sean, about Shane. Sorry about, if we got to close down the group, we close it down. Mm-hmm. Or if your group needs to go on hiatus for a year because you guys are tired or burned out or you can't find the leadership, you can put a group on hiatus. Just file the annual reports that you're required to file to keep Texas and the IRS happy, and I'll touch on those a little bit, but keep, keep that stuff going. But you don't have to be running a program if you need to take a break. I don't, I don't want... Well, you tell me. At, sometimes at the end of the year, does a leader come and say, especially if you're running, are you guys, sorry, are you all from the same group? We're all from the same okay. Group. Are you running a support group or more of an academic co-op or anything? Okay. Does somebody ever come to you and say, I couldn't have homeschooled without you this year? And maybe. Good. I'm glad they don't because <laughs> there, there will be groups where parents will say, especially newbies, you know, I couldn't have done it without you. And that's a compliment she's trying to give you. But at the same time, you should always think, I really hope you do it without me. I hope if my group folds, you can continue to homeschool successfully because that should be our goal. And unfortunately, I'm seeing more and more families become dependent upon their groups instead of their groups fostering independent homeschooling. Does that make sense? So... There was a young uh, mom I know from church, and she was considering homeschooling. And when I started homeschooling, you see the ages of my kids, so when I started homeschooling, and you met a newbie, they typically asked, what curriculum do you use? And we talked about curriculum, right? Well, guess what my young friend at my church wants to know? What group are you in? Where can I find a co-op? Where can I find a drop-off program for my kindergartner? I'm like, don't, why are you going looking for a group? You haven't even figured. She, she was attracted to this, um, a, a classical program that met twice a week. It was called like a, like a Latin school. That's what they call Okay. And I said, do you even know what classical education is? Is that your homeschool philosophy? Do you even know what your homeschool philosophy is yet? 
she was just attracted to that can drop her off two mornings a week because that's what I'm used to because she's been in preschool. <coughs> You're nodding your head. It's like, yeah, is it happening to you guys too? So it's not just Ohio, right? No, and I'm like, where did this come from? You look for a group first? <laughs> I, I'm afraid that's fostering dependence upon the group. I think some groups are also trying to foster that. Yes, some groups are trying to foster that <laughs> yeah. too, yes. Mm-hmm. Or, okay, let's be real honest here. Some leaders, I'll pick on women, some women get an ego feed out of running these groups. And they want, they, w- they don't want the group to die or end, and they kind of want people to be dependent because they like that feeling. It's a feeling of accomplishment. I get that. So so is that too. So be careful of that stuff. So anyway, those are three reminders. Um, said a little bit differently, Todd Wilson, the the family man, right? Todd Wilson, funny guy, makes those funny little cartoons about homeschooling all the time. He said, we have been duped into thinking that school is the important part. Home is the important part. So, so I've been homeschooling. I homeschooled a long time, and I've been a part of the homeschool movement for a long time. I think that the reason homeschool kids are successful and measure success however you want, test scores, do well in college, do well in the service, however, you know, good citizens, by and large, good kids, okay, success. I think the reason they're successful is because the home part of homeschooling, not the schooling part, because the parents are directly involved in their education. I, I have a friend who said, we should have called homeschooling parent-directed, homes, parent-directed education, not homeschooling, because it's not really inside your four walls you can homeschool in the car in the zoo or wherever right but it's the parent involvement so the more groups take away that parent involvement the more vulnerable our kids will be to to looking like school kids and not being as successful as the other generations of homeschooling you agree disagree not what I want to see, though. I want to see the next generation of homeschool kids be as successful as the, 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 these, my kids and their predecessors, right? And I think we as leaders got to be really careful of those. Let's make sure that home is still the most important part in their education. So full disclosure, my kids were in a drop-off uh, tutorial program for high school. They went two mornings a week. It was an excellent program high school where they discussed literature and worldview and great books with each other. I'm going to say it for the third time. What age were they? High school. Very different than drop-off programs for a kindergartner. So there's my preaching. Thank you for joining the Dollars and Cents radio show with Carol Topp here at the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. For more helpful information, visit Carol at her website, homeschoolcpa.com.